This is an RNZ podcast. While some said that locking up Brian Tamaki made him a bit of a martyr, one commentator suggested he might actually have been auditioning for the reality TV show I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Meanwhile, the best-known anti-vaxxer in the world was detained across the Tasman, creating enough for an entire new series of the Aussie reality show Border Patrol. There's been a new twist in the Novak Djokovic case. Court papers claim he tested positive for COVID weeks ago and it turns out it was the same day he was pictured mingling maskless with children. That whole saga also served up more than a week's worth of bulletin-leading news worth its weight in ratings during the seasonal New Year news drought. And it also sparked some memorable lines from papers like Sydney's tabloid The Daily Telegraph, which dubbed it the Novak's Jockey Viction under the front page headline, Return of Serb. Everyone had strong opinions about this, it seems, including these Channel 7 news anchors, whose off-air pre-bulletin chit-chat was captured in a rough recording and released online. Novak Djokovic is a lying, sneaky... He's an asshole. asshole. He's an asshole. (laughs) Like, whatever way you look at it. Fell over his own f***ing lies, which is what happens, right? Yeah. Well, Seven's news chief said that sweary stuff's release was underhanded, cowardly and even illegal, but the source of the leak turned out to be a high-tech outfit that was offering automated on-screen captions for the broadcaster called AI Media. And the culprit turned out to be not a naughty robot, but an employee working remotely due to the COVID-19 outbreak. Now, the paranoia of Novak Djokovic's rallies in Serbia also added legs to the yarn. Novak's father has just given the Serbian media one of the craziest statements I've ever seen, Eddie. I'll read you a bit of this now. He has told media, I have no idea what's going on. They're holding my son captive for five hours. If they don't let him go in half an hour, we will gather on the street. This is a fight for everyone. It's an incredible turn of events. Can't believe that when I woke up this morning that this was unfolding. But while the Aussie media was loving this stuff, the saga went down like cold sick in Serbia's media. Yeah, the widely read Serbian daily courier says Australia is using the tennis star as a scapegoat. And it argues that this is actually a political move by Australia's prime minister. And even though this Serbia versus Straya tennis tussle had nothing much to do with us, Editors here loved leading the news with it too in those innocent Omicron-free days. There's still one more large hurdle for Novak Djokovic to clear before he can compete at next week's Australian Open. Play, everyone knows who he is. He's a good guy. Like, It's unfair. He should be able to play. But the revelations during the legal reviews of Djokovic's case didn't make him seem all that nice at all. Once innocent pictures attending an awards night followed by photos with children the next day. While his family in Serbia claimed that Novak's hotel detention was torture for him, it emerged that he got special exercise gear and special gluten-free food during his four-day stay there. And there was an irony in who Novak Djokovic was sharing that detention hotel with. The detention of Novak Djokovic has also cast a spotlight on the plight of dozens of refugees and asylum seekers being held in detention hotels in Melbourne. Now, since the Tennis Stars release, several of those refugees have called on Djokovic to use his celebrity to advocate for their freedom. But unsurprisingly, Novak Djokovic didn't have anything to say about that at all. As the Washington Post pointed out, the only sacrifices that seemed to count for Djokovic were his own. It was all about him and his tennis tournament. And the paper also pointed out that most in the sports world were focused on that too. Though not former Aussie footballer turned human rights advocate Craig Foster. 
It's been all over global media, and that's what happens when you know the world's number one tennis player becomes involved. The fact that he was in the Park Hotel and at least experienced for just four days what you know these innocent refugees have ex- have uh, had to suffer for over three thousand days, uh, I'm hoping uh, at least is something positive to come out w- uh, of what's been an absolute mess. And those asylum seekers are still locked up in that same hotel. Now, the Australian Immigration Minister finally decided to send the Serbian sportsman home on a Friday night, a decision his critics claimed was time to deflect media attention away from the government's bungled handling of COVID over the weekend. And a similar accusation was levelled at the UK's Prime Minister Boris Johnson, who's reported to have a plan called Operation Red Meat to produce populist announcements designed to counter the string of partygate revelations as they crop up. And one of those was the sudden commitment that the BBC's current source of funding, the licence fee, would be scrapped in just five years. In response to that, political TV satirist Armando Iannucci said it looks like they might have moved from the pandemic to the endemic phase of Downing Street apologies and Brits would just have to learn to live with them on an almost daily basis. And the Led by Donkeys satire team made viral videos subjecting Boris Johnson to a line-of-duty style anti-corruption grilling. The party's over. Those were meetings of people at work talking Mother about... Mother of God, you must think we were born yesterday, fella. And Boris Johnson was even getting it in the neck on TikTok from comedy songwriter Manya Chihuahua, who was channeling Usher. And even further down the age profile, Partygate even outraged a five-year-old in a video made by the Tory-supporting tabloid The Sun. The Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, he just went to a party in lockdown. But even the satirist started to say, I give up, when the next party revealed in the media was Boris Johnson's own birthday celebration after this insult to the royal family. The British Prime Minister's office has apologised to the Queen for two staff parties at Number 10 Downing Street on the night before Prince Philip's funeral. A spokesman said it was deeply regrettable that this took place at a time of national mourning. And there was an extra irony there. That story was broken by the paper Boris Johnson worked for when he was formerly a journalist. The report included claims of dancing and that a staff member was sent out with a suitcase to a nearby shop to stock up on alcohol. Now, one theory is that all this was just a bid to create more great TV content for future episodes of The Crown. But on that score, the royals had other revelations in the news this month to worry about. In a statement, Buckingham Palace announced, with the Queen's approval and agreement, the Duke of York's military affiliations and royal patronages have been returned to the Queen. Well, the Andrew, formerly known as Prince, is another story. But can reputations like those of Boris Johnson and Novak Djokovic ever come back from such a trashing in the media such as they've had this past month? Well, for inspiration, they can perhaps turn to one man who was the public enemy number one in Melbourne 14 years ago this month. A teenager holds an alcohol-fueled party for hundreds of kids while his unsuspecting parents are on holiday. When neighbouring houses were trashed and police cars smashed as officers tried to disperse hundreds of teenage revellers. He's destroyed our faith in him. Uh, we just we don't know what to do as parents. Police have their own plans. He needs to learn a lesson and I think that one way or another we'll do that. But back then, Corey Party Boy Worthington refused to be shamed on national TV. 
Take off your I'll... glasses and apologize to us. I'll say sorry, but I'm not taking off my glasses. Well, we've got to go, but I suggest you go away and uh, take a good, long, hard look at yourself. I have. Everyone has. They love it. After that, Corey Worthington struggled to be a professional party organiser and a reality TV star. But this month, he re-emerged as an advisor to an insurance company on the hazards of renting homes to people like he was back in 2008. I'm Corey Worthington, but you can call me Corey Trust Worthington because I'm a changed man. I've left all that behind, except for these bad boys. And that's why ShareCover has asked me to be your guide to help protect your holiday home from harm. So let's identify some red flags. Guess with bad reviews. Red flag. Guess who asks if they can fit 20 people in a house that sleeps four? Red flag. Guess who have neon green mullets with frosted tips? Two red flags. So with the right attitude and connections, there's always a way back in the media. Though, like Corey Party Boy Worthington, you might just have to play the long game.